Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 30 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And a big thank you to those of you who have sent me your letters. If you're new to the Love Food Podcast, a central part of this series are the letters that I receive from people who are experiencing a complicated relationship with food. And you know what's really interesting is I really mean that the letters that people write to food, not me, because the letter to food is describing the tug of war, the push or pull, the negative body image, the diets, the binging, the starving, all the experiences that have made the relationship with food really complicated and messy. Um, And I hear from all the letters how people want to change and experience a normal relationship with food. Although whenever I hear the word normal, I always think, That's just a setting on the dryer, right? It's not really something that people experience, but um, helping you to experience a more peaceful way of relating to food is my goal. So I really appreciate the letters that you've sent. And um, I'm always grateful and impressed with how vulnerable and, um, you know, how people are communicating these really deep challenging things to um, to food and letting me to read them. You know, it's it's such a privilege. And so I, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because without your letters, I wouldn't have this podcast. So please keep sending them. And um, again, just thank you. And uh, before we get to today's letter, I want to let you know that if you would like to further enhance your relationship with food, I do have a free weekly newsletter that I send out every Tuesday. And um, all you need to do to get it is to go to my website and it's juliedillonrd.com. And just on right there, front and center, you can see a place to sign up for my free newsletter. I would love to include you. And of course, there's no spam ever. And all you need to do is just give me your website and I will include you on that list. And um, thank you. So here's today's letter. Dear Food, I am so glad we are back in touch. There were so many years of combative, dysfunctional relating between the two of us. But now I'm trying to listen to what you've said all along. It's all good. And that if I can focus on finding a healthy, active lifestyle, my body will find the weight it is happiest at. But I'm still struggling. Here's the deal, food. I've overcome binge eating disorder and have been working on intuitive eating for three years now. 
I've accepted that all foods are useful, and for the most part, I feel okay in my body, which is quite large. I'm six feet tall and about 320 pounds. The only things I really think about with food these days are, one, is it delicious? Two, am I getting enough protein? And three, am I eating plenty of veggies? That's it. I don't count calories or track macronutrients. I just go by feel and what experience has taught me. For example, eat a protein-rich breakfast or be hangry by 9.30. The last time I had my blood work done about a year and a half ago, everything was textbook. Still, I can't help but feel like I should still lose weight. I am not all that active active these days since I'm in school full-time until the end of the year. I recognize that joyful movement is an essential part of my well-being as it helps my depression and anxiety tremendously. Additionally, I want all the other added benefits that come with exercise. Better posture, better mobility, less stress, good heart health, and good bone density from now, age 27, into old age. I am also struggling with a rebellious streak while eating. I can recognize when I am approaching fullness, and often I will happily stop eating only to doubt myself panic, and then eat the rest of whatever is on my plate along with a second helping or a third. Why can't I just trust that I can have more later? It is so frustrating food. I just want to enjoy you without the internal battle that commences as soon as I start to feel the first inkling of satiety. I'm fine with being in a larger body, and I'm sure I always will be but I do want to lose some excess fat and get in good shape. Is that so wrong? Can I do that while eating intuitively or do I need to learn to be a little hungry most of the time in order to lose weight? There are still times when I feel this overwhelming sense of panic when I'm hungry and I'm so tired of it. I just want to feel comfortable listening to my body rather than my angsty mind. Signed, untrusting of the process. Thank you so much for your letter and what a great thing to read that you are experiencing recovery from binge eating disorder. I know that it is a very long, challenging process to move away from the grips of that eating disorder. So, um, you know, good for you. I'm glad that it feels more peaceful and I'm thrilled to read your letter because you also are describing what it is like to be in recovery. Um, A lot of people assume when a person has recovered that they just love their body and everything's peachy. And um, I haven't met anybody who has that all the time. And, you know, you're experiencing this common struggle of body acceptance. And I feel like the, the nutritional or just like the food intake part of recovery is the beginning of the recovery process. And doing the body image work is um, kind of the next mountain to climb. And it often can be the more challenging one because, you know, for you, letter writer, I know you're also countercultural in what you need to do in order to stay in recovery. Um, living in a fat body and having to protect your um, psyche by not pursuing weight loss. You know, it's a really challenging thing. And so it makes sense to me 
that you're questioning that part, you know? Um, and, you know, I know you asked if it's wrong. I don't necessarily want to say it's wrong, but I don't agree with pursuing weight loss for anyone and even more so for you as you're recovering from binge eating disorder. So, you know, because of that craving to maybe live in a conventionally more acceptable body size, it makes sense to me that it's hard to trust your body um, or just to trust that satiety and to really have unconditional permission to eat whenever you want, that there may be still a part of your psyche that's reeling from that and trying to heal. So I have a colleague named Aaron Flores. He is a dietitian in California that I want to call because he has expertise in working with binge eating disorder and body image, intuitive eating. He's um, also a fellow podcaster, and I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes to her to his podcast with Glennis Oystein. Their podcast is awesome. It's called Dietitian Unplugged. So um, do check that out. But right now, let's give Aaron a call and see what his insight is into what is going on and um, find out what solutions he has to share. Hello. Hey, Aaron. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm doing great, Julie. Great. Well, I am so glad to chat with you about this letter. I hope you had a chance to to read it. I did. I read it. Um, and it, it's a really interesting letter. There was definitely a lot that resonated with me that I see both in my own personal history, but also with my clients. So thank you for sending it to me. Sure. Well, and I, you know, I know a little bit about your work and when I read it, it, it definitely struck me as something that you would have insight with and a lot of compassion for. And when you read it, like what's your overall general impression about what this person is struggling with? Well, I think the, the writer, the name says it all, untrusting the process. And I think the, the thing that stood out to me most was how with, sometimes with intuitive eating or sometimes learning this new way of eating is internally we, we get it, this should work. But there's still part of us that says, wow, I don't really know if this really will work. It sounds too good to be true. And the analogy I, I, I think of is someone like in the shallow end of the pool and they're safe in the shallow end and they can handle it. But maybe some of the work that they need to do is in the deep end. And it's a little bit scary to go into the deep end without any floaties mm -hmm. because what's going to happen. And that, and that, that's what struck me, you know, cause I think there's the, you know, the writer really knows deep down that this is something that will help them making peace with food and under and accepting their body. But getting there is where the work is. Like getting into the deep end and struggling and trying to figure out a way to stay afloat is really where the recovery is going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it, what I also sense is that this person has done so much already. And and even getting to where they're going is is such an accomplishment. So one of the things I would if this person was right here in front of me or maybe they're, you know, they're listening to this podcast is I would say you've done so much already. You should be so proud of your process so far, even though you don't trust it. It's so amazing how much progress you've already made. And that should, you should really celebrate that. And sometimes it's nice to look back and say, wow, look at how far I've come. Look at how much I've already 
done? Because sometimes we don't get that perspective. Yeah, you know, I, I'm wondering about a few different things when you say that, because, you know, something that I appreciate with recovering from binge eating disorder is that it's not a linear process. It can be really messy and it can feel like there's times where, you know, sometimes my clients will be like, oh, I, I feel like I'm um, I'm not getting any better just because they experience one binge or they're having some more bad body thoughts or something. And um, something that I've come to appreciate is that it isn't linear, that it is, there's times where it's messy and that's really when you're kind of getting closer to that deep end that you're talking about and experiencing more challenges. But with this person, I, what I wonder is because this person is in a fat body, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and so distrusting of the process, I'm wondering if that's part of what's making it so tough for them is that they're living in and existing in this world in a body that's told it's not acceptable. You know, I wonder if that's part of it for them. I, I I would totally agree. I mean, they're this last paragraph when they sort of say, you know, I, I, I'm in this larger body and I think I'll always be there, but is it so wrong to want to lose some excess fat? And should I still just be a little bit hungry? And, you know, when I was, when I, I'm very um, tactile, you know, so I had to like print out the the letter and I had to actually read it. I can't, it's hard for me to read on the computer screen and I'm writing notes on it. And when I, when I read this and it sort of said, you know, can I, uh, can I do that while eating intuitively or do I need to learn to be a little bit hungry? And in my, in my horrible handwriting, I'm writing, no, no, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to do that. No, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I think the the fact of being in a larger body in a society that doesn't see that as something that is acceptable undermines the intuitive eating process and the process that each of us have to, to listen to our bodies and to really accept our bodies. And so I think that, I think that definitely plays a role. And I think that definitely can, you know, chip away at sort of the trust that we build in ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I just feel like it's, it's, got to be more challenging because they're not getting, this person isn't getting the reinforcement that someone in a more conventionally accepted body would get with accepting their body, you know, or accept or respecting their hunger because it would be more trusted then by outside people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And I think the, the other thing that I read in this that really was, um, that, that I thought about a lot was, honoring the rebellion that we have. And I think that when someone has been struggling with, with binge eating disorder, there's, there's this struggle with, you know, forbidden foods, or should I eat this or should I not eat this? And, and, and why am I eating this? And we have all these food rules. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to undo those rules and to honor our inner food rebel. And that is not, again, not linear. It might take months, it might take years, but that rebel needs to really let their voice out, needs to be heard, needs to be honored and not, not, uh, not, not quieted at all. Um, and I think that's something I would tell this person also is like, it's okay to be, to rebel a little bit and it's okay, or not a little bit, a lot of it. It's okay to be a rebel and it's, it's okay to let that, that out because once you can sort of work through that process, you realize 
that there's a little bit more body trust involved. I mean, because your body, if you end up listening to your body a little bit through that whole process of, of honoring the rebel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's a normal reaction to restriction and deprivation, especially for years, um, there's going to be a rebellion that needs to happen. And I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's, it's really good for the listeners to hear a dietitian say, you need to honor that rebellion. Cause I, I don't think I've ever really talked about it on this podcast, but it's something that I do talk about with people I meet with in person, whenever they're in that place of rebellion that I know for me as a dietitian, I'm comfortable with that time. And I feel like it's yeah. important to have that time. And so it's good to hear you, Aaron, say it too, because I feel like it's something that as healthcare providers, it, we may feel a training to like run away from that or discourage it. Um, but really, if we help a person just stay with it, they'll find a way to like let the rebellion work itself to a place where it doesn't need to be rebelling, you know, and just honored basically as a function. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and listen, as a dietitian, when I first started, I, I, I probably couldn't have said, you know, a, a, let, let your rebel go, you know, and, and let that, you know, really honor it. Um, it's something that as learning intuitive eating and learning about health at every size and really practicing them and, and becoming more versed in them, it becomes, it, to me, it's very comfortable. You're right. It's very comfortable in to hold that space to say, you know, let's just, honor your rebel, honor your food rebel for a little while and see how it goes. Yeah. And I think it's really important for someone to have that, a person on their team who's comfortable to have, help them hold that space, like you said, you know, and give them that space to explore that and to feel no judgment about it. But I, you know, you say that in such a way, like, I'm wondering, like, how is your own experience with um, intuitive eating, um, or body image, how has that helped you to be able to like help hold a person's space? Cause it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you have a gift there with that, you know? <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you. That that's very, that's very nice coming from you. I think there's been a lot of work on my end personally through all of this. I found intuitive eating when I was becoming a dietitian after years of chronic dieting and, probably some level of a subclinical eating disorder. And I read intuitive eating the first time and I was like, this is BS. Like there's no way this can be true. And I put it away and I, I, cause I wasn't ready for it. Uh, and I read it later, uh, once I was a dietitian and, and I, I was ready to hear the message and, and I really embraced it. And I realized that if I wanted to do this work with other people, that first I had to do the work on myself. And so I read Intuitive Being, I think like two or three times, like cover to cover back, just going back and forth and reading it. And I realized where in my life do I need to challenge my own food rules and listen to that rebel and be the food anthropologist and listen without judgment and just observe what's going on with my relationship with food. The body image part, has been a lot harder. And that's why this letter really resonates with me so much, because I think for many of us, that body image component is much, it's, it's much harder to work on. Uh, I feel like, especially in my case, in, in, you know, for men, there's not as many resources for us to connect and to communicate what's going on and how we feel about our body. So for me, it's really just been you know, 
um, reading a lot. I like, I read a lot of body image blogs. I read a lot of, that are mostly by women, but it doesn't bother me because it's the same issue. It's just, it's just giving me tools to incorporate it into myself. Um, one of the things I've done actually most recently that I am going to recommend to every client that I work with, it seems like right now is I, I did a, um, a 30 day selfie project with this woman, Vivian McMaster, who's from Vancouver, British Columbia. And she has a program called be your own beloved. And it's a 30 day program where she sends people in the group, a prompt to take a picture of yourself or some part of your body or your shadow. And the, and you can share the pictures with a private group in a private group if you want, but you don't have to. But the whole process was so interesting to me because not as a dietitian, but as just me, Aaron, it really was one of the first things that was structured that helped me really see how I really helped me see how I see myself in pictures and improve how I see myself in pictures. And it was amazing. Like I, it was just a really interesting program that I got a lot out of. And so I, I tell people like the body image part, you just got to work on a lot, like every day. Like I have po body positive affirmations on my mirror and I don't see them all the time, but it seems like my eyes go to them when I need them. And, and it's something I talk a lot about with my wife and we su support each other. So I think it's just it's it's almost like trying to surround myself with these messages and the days I need them, they're there for me. And that's what I tell my clients to do. Well, you know, we were saying earlier about this letter writer in a fat body, you know, living in a world where they're not getting the message that their body's acceptable. And what it sounds like you're recommending then is like this person will need to seek it out and like make measures to have that around them for when they need it and like kind of like go ahead before they need it have it there and yes and do the work even if they think they're not needing it at the moment but do that like that 30 day selfie challenge sounds amazing I think I may sign up for that because it sounds really um I don't know it, it, the way you just described it I mean I feel like it would get to like some self-talk that's probably really deep in there um yes. because of the repetition of doing it and I'm like I can see it being great to like really challenge and like body parts that you feel less comfortable with you know and just really going there and getting to the root of some of that self-talk so um and did you say it was called be your own beloved so so what Vivian does it's so amazing is she really emphasizes curiosity with all of the picture taking that you do not to judge it not to get in the way of the process but just observe it and let it go and then see what happens and coming from an intuitive eating background that really resonates with me because I tell my clients let's just eat with curiosity let's just be observant of what's going on without judging so there was a lot of language in there that really resonated with me and, and that made the process of taking these pictures so easy on some level. Mm, that's that's really neat to hear that I actually got to a point where it was easy. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and what I really liked about it too, the last thing is that um, there was a lot of freedom with it. So, you know, she would give you a prompt and it would say, you know, take a picture of blank, but you could interpret that in any way possible. And so for me, I sort of learned 
how to interpret it in in my own voice and not like her voice, not anyone else's voice, but my voice. Yeah, and I bet that curiosity is what brought you to that. Like if there was more judgment, it would keep you from that type of path. And oh, totally. Yeah. And you know, the thing is I've really been able to kind of gather throughout this time working with people healing the relationship with food and body and having my own body and relationship with food. I feel like the more we do cultivate like a compassion for just this curiosity, that's the foundation for peace, you know, just like it brings you to your own path that'll lead you to the answers. So um, I want to add this be your own beloved to our food peace syllabus. Are you game with that? Oh, yeah. I'm sure Vivian would love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and if you're new to the podcast, this Food Peace Syllabus is a a list of all the resources that guests and I have put together to further enhance your healing, your relationship with food and your body. So let's add that to it. And Aaron, do you want to add anything else to it? Um, You know, obviously, I I also host a podcast with uh, another dietitian. Her name is Glennis Oyston. And I'm sure that's probably already on there. But I would totally add that for sure. It is on there. Um, And I will put that in the show notes for everybody. It's a great podcast. And um, I know I told you, I love the one you guys did about this American life and the how you kind of dissected it and, and discussed it. And I felt like a lot of my clients liked that episode. Um, and it was like kind of a nice one to listen to before they listen to that This American Life, Tell Me I'm Fat um, yeah. podcast. Um, it was kind of like I ha- they listened to that first and then they listened to the whole thing and it felt like safer, but then they got more out of it. So I loved that episode. So I'll be sure to put that one in the show notes for them. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So um, if people want to get a chance to know more about your work outside of your podcast, is there a way for them to get a hold of you? Yes. So I am... I'm on all this random social media sites that, that are out there. Cool. Um, you you can tweet me at BVMRD. So BVM stands for balance, variety, moderation. Uh, so BVMRD. And I'm on Facebook. Uh, same thing, facebook.com slash BVMRD. And that's my website, www.bvmrd.com. Awesome. Well, I will put it in the show notes in case someone wants to have a reference to it later. But awesome. um, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, you know, the insight that you gave this letter writer is going to be extremely helpful. And, you know, just discussing these different aspects of it and these projects that you've been working on, they sound really cool. Um, selfishly, I'm going to look into that 30 day challenge myself. So thank you for telling me about it. It sounds really, really, really cool. And um, kind of like something that'll, you know, enhance my life and everybody else's for a long time to come. So thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Julie. I mean, I I really am honored to be on this podcast and I'm honored to speak with you. I've followed your work for quite some time and I want to thank you for all the work that you do to help people. And I think there are not many voices like yours. So I'm very honored to have talked to you today. Well, I am sending you a virtual high five. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Received. (laughs) Cool. Well, take care. All right. Have a good one. Well, Letter Writer, I hope you found the conversation that I had with Aaron to be helpful and to give you some more, um, I don't know, kind of connections and guides along the way of your journey of food peace. And no, Aaron and I think that you cannot work on intuitive eating, making peace with food, and honoring your body while working on the pursuit of weight loss. It is a conflict. And 
Um, although it's a, a, a road that not many people travel, we do feel like it is one that's going to keep your recovery stronger and keep your, your body in a place of health and help you experience the positive body image that we believe you deserve. So food has written back and I just want to tell you, thank you so much for your letter. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and um, giving us this opportunity to discuss your relationship with food because I hope you can appreciate that it helps many people. Take care. Dear Untrusting of the Process, while we have been mending our ways, we've noticed your doubt with this journey. You doubt your choice to accept your body and we hear the desire to pursue weight loss. By trying to make less of you, there is less of you present. You deserve to live in peace within your current body and within this harmony, you will experience more well-being, just like the increased endurance you crave. We encourage you to slow down and notice what you crave, even if it's a rebellion. Honoring all of your parts will bring you closer to that joy you seek while giving the world a chance to enjoy you. And that is what matters most of all. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food Series. Have you enjoyed the show, or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.